0: This episode of the College Ledger Podcast is presented to you by Equals Human, a sustainable, eco-friendly, women co-founded fashion brand. You can find their products at EqualsHuman.com. Welcome to the College Ledger Podcast, where we dive into all things college football, college basketball, occasionally we might hit the college baseball this might actually be the time we might hit a little bit of college baseball right now with the world series going on we'll see how it goes but first we gotta get into what's most important now hiring notre dame jack Swarbuck out what time bro you just gonna bounce like that and he doesn't want nothing to do with that 2024 playoff, does he? You know what I'm saying? Notre Dame following in the trend of all the major conferences, just like the Big 10, the Big 12, with changing out their leadership at the top. I'm not saying Swarbuck did a bad job, I think pretty respectable. Uh, but I do think the game is passing by a little bit. Um, you know, I think it's always good to get some new blood into these schools. So you never know. I, I, I'd i be curious to see what, like, the strategy is when uh, so Pete Belovkov, I can't say homie's name, but Notre Dame guy, right? Like, NBC executive. So just like homie in the Big 12, right? Brett Yormark used to be an agent in media. Uh, George P. Lof- P. in the Pac-12. Oh, boy, the Big Ten just hired from Activation Blizzard. Like, everybody coming from media, gaming, um, sports agents. So, like, it's it's fascinating to see the trend and, like, how quickly NIL has just turned all these. I'm going to call Notre Dame almost similar as a conference, right, because the brand is so big. All these conferences into you know, effectively just media companies, right, where they're just hiring media executives to run athletic departments, and then the assistant AD is like handling scheduling for all the other sports other than probably football. Uh, It's pretty interesting, very, very interesting change, but let's get into the show. All right, so we already talked about Notre Dame switching their schedule game up by going ahead and getting themselves a new a d right We'll see how they end up putting they end up playing anybody if they get that Michigan rivalry going again or if they're just gonna duck us um and they're just gonna keep beating up on Wake Forest instead, but you know power to them for scheduling what they want um but yeah let's 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 talk let's spend a little time on on my favorite conference on the Big Ten um I think that, you know, we'll, we'll spend some time, no Jordan, obviously today, we'll we'll spend some time in the future, kind of digging into like what the futures of these conferences are when we have a, have a larger quorum. But I think today was really fascinating. If you look at like, just take the flex plan scheduling that was implemented in the big 10 for twenty twenty twelve, twenty twenty four, 2024 and 2025, right? We had the opportunity to choose your own two opponents as rivals. And if they also accepted the rivalry, then you would have three rivals, right? Like that's what your schedule would look like, right? So first we're going to start out with James Franklin and them boys, Penn State. And I, I, I'm i going to say Penn State, the streets is watching, son. Like everybody saw y'all say you have no protected rivalries. Everybody saw y'all duck Michigan and duck Ohio State. Don't, we saw it, baby. We saw it, we saw it, we saw it. We saw it. We just we want you to know we saw it. We saw you ducking everyone. We saw you only wanting to play like Michigan State or like wanting to. Oh, we want Rutgers as our rivalry. Rutgers, like we don't want you, dog. We try to be a chop side. Yeah, like yo, we want Rutgers. Right, who else is there? So, like, can we get Northwestern? Northwestern's like not interested, son. They should have said yes because they wound up with Ohio State, right? Northwestern was looking at the schedule. It's like, what the fuck, son? You're gonna have to bleep out the curse words, Dilly. But man, come on, that's hilarious. <laughs> right, like Ohio State is like, yeah, we got to see the new Brown Robinson schedule come out, and our permanent rival is Ohio State, like. Have two rivals ever been farther apart in terms of a rivalry? (laughs) Oh, man, that's cold-blooded, dog, man. Whoever's in charge of the schedule is just trolling Pitt State. I I, I get you're trying to protect Ohio State. I get that we're trying to make sure Ohio State is going to always stay in the playoff. Like, I get that. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm super hip to that game. But... At the same point, dog, it's like y'all going to have to go out and play somebody eventually, so why y'all out here being chumps, right? Like, y'all might as well go out and play somebody, Penn State, right, looking at you. Like, I would say, like, let's pull your schedule up. Let me get the Penn State schedule up real quick so we can we can hate on it, right? Because I, I would hope, at a minimum, they're going to have to play, like, a USC or play, like, um, UCLA, maybe go on the road. So they got 2024. They got West Virginia on the road. They got Bowling Green at home. They got, what else are we looking at here? This might be 2023. Oh, no. Okay. This is 2024. So West Virginia at home, Bowling Green on the road, Kent State. Oh, so Bowling Green at home, too, right? West Virginia on the road, Bowling Green at home, Kent State at home at Indiana. Home against Michigan State, home against Nebraska, home against Northwestern, home against Ohio State, home against USC, and, and at Rutgers and at Camp Randall. Um, that's a pretty damn good schedule. Uh, so I mean, I, I like that's the advantage of no particular rivals. They still got stuck with Ohio State. So as much as they tried to duck Ohio State, they're still going to wind up having to play them. Um, I, I think it's pretty funny, right? With the flex schedule where you can sort of, so like if you take a look at like Iowa, for example, in 2024, Iowa's was like, dog, we want all that smoke. We're not getting rid of none of these rivalries, right? They didn't, they were like, we playing all the chomps. Like anybody that wants to come get it can get it. Minnesota used to want to come get it, come get it. Nebraska used to want to come get it, come get it, right? Iowa State used to want to come get it, come get it, right? We got Cade McNamara now, baby. Everybody can come get it. <laughs> So 2024, Iowa, is Illinois, that's the dub against Illinois State. Sorry, Illinois State, dub, home. Iowa State at home, dub. Troy at home, dub. Illinois at home. Oh, no, Illinois on the road. Ooh, that's actually a really good game. That's not necessarily gonna be in that order, right? Because the Big Ten schedule we're looking we're talking about 2024 here, right? So the Big Ten schedule in terms of like the order of operations of some of these games aren't all there, but they play Illinois, Maryland, Nebraska, UCLA, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio State, Rutgers, and USC. They travel to LA to play USC, but they get UCLA home. Um I would say for Iowa, what's really interesting when I look at their 2024 schedule is much like that Purdue schedule sorry that in-state schedule we were just looking at there is a lot of open space like you get through the non-con and you beat Iowa State at home sorry Iowa State on the road right no that's right Iowa State at home my bad I'm they got the schedule kind of laid a little funky here so yeah so they got Iowa State at home so like if you beat Illinois State, Iowa State, Troy, and you're 3-0 heading into Big Ten play, And let's say the schedule shakes out nice and you get like Minnesota to kick it off, right? That game's on the road, but you can go up there and get a dub, right? So let's say you go get a dub at Minnesota and then you go get a dub the following week at like Maryland, right? Maryland is home too, Right. And then you don't end up having to play, like, the Nebraska's, the UCLA's, the USC's, the Ohio State's until, like, the late October, early November. Yeah, the schedule might open up. The problem is is at some point you get to the meat of that baby and you got UCLA, Ohio State, and USC on the schedule, right? And so it's like, can you navigate past schools with superior talent, right? Like, might be debatable on if USC, UCLA has the superior talent, but I, I don't think it's debatable on if Ohio State and USC have superior talent, right? So I, I think that's just a struggle, right, when you're these Big Ten West schools and you're moving into non-divisions. Again, even though the schedule opens up a little more for Iowa State and some of these other Big Ten teams, um, you know, I'd say, like, you know, Illinois, up I'll and see what time it is for them. Right. Because I think that, like, one of the things I've been noticing, at least with like more and more of these programs, is that they. Like, here's a great example. They're looking for opportunities in the non-con to pad up, knowing that Big Ten's going divisionless now. If you're on the West, if you're on the East, you're like, hallelujah. Right. If you're Michigan State, hallelujah. The East is dead. Right. Like no more Michigan, Ohio State gauntlet. Penn State, Gauntlet, right? Like, there's going to be years where you're going to avoid two of those three teams, and you're only going to get stuck with that Michigan game, right? So that's not so bad for them. So, like, Illinois 2024, they got Kansas in the non-con, Central Michigan in the non-con, Eastern Illinois in the non-con. Like, you get past that Kansas game, you're looking at 3-0, right? 3-0, and then you're Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Purdue, uh, Michigan State, Northwestern, Ohio State, Rutgers, USC. So like the struggle for Illinois in 2024 is you're you gotta whenever Michigan and Ohio State and USC are all three on your schedule, uh you can say the same thing for Penn State. If you have Penn State, Ohio State, USC on your schedule, your the concern is gonna be can I get out of it with at least just one loss, right? Like, because if you can't get out of it, if you're if you're constantly walking out of that gauntlet with two losses, it doesn't leave any space in the non-con, right? Like, you just got to schedule a trash non-con, right? Because like, if you ever want to like, yo, we want to test ourselves against like an SEC team in the non-con, and you take a L, now you're putting now with USC and UCLA coming into the Big Ten and going divisionless, like you might lose two more games. And now you're at four losses, and now they're trying to chase you out as the head coach. Fan base disengaged. There's nothing more disengaging for a fan base than, like, that November drop, right? Like, actually, that's not true. The most disengaging thing for a fan base is that September drop. When you do what Miami did, it's just just shit in your football pants at the start of the season. Uh, No need to to block that one out, Dudley, because Miami knows what time it is. And you get stoned by Middle Tennessee State at the start of the year, or if you're Michigan back in the day and you get stomped by Appalachian State at the start of the year, it's over, bro. Like, just lay the helmets down. Like, you're going to the Champ Sports Bowl. I don't even think they have the Champ Sports Bowl anymore, but whatever it's called now, the Pop-Tart Bowl. I saw a Pop-Tart on a bowl, so that's definitely the bowl you're going to if you get stomped by a group of five in the non-con at the start of the year. So you just, you know exactly what type it is already. Don't front, don't be sad, don't get frustrated. Just accept your destiny and move on. All right, who should we look at next? Let's look at Michigan State. Mel Tucker and them boys and all three of the recruits. That's right. I said it, Michigan State. You got three recruits. I was looking at your recruit class the other day. You got three recruits. You can tell me you're holding out for elite guys, but what elite guys are going to commit to Michigan State when you have not shown... Now, you did make playoff. I'll give you that. And you want yourself... Uh, a New Year's Six Bowl a couple years ago. He beat Michigan a couple years ago, but you have not shown the ability to beat the Buckeyes, right? Like, D'Antonio did, but Mel Tucker has not, right? And so if you can't beat the Buckeyes, it's always going to be really, really dudes. like, I'm always impressed by Penn State's recruiting without ever being able to beat Ohio State, right? Minus 2016. It's just like, you know, the problem that you run into, right, is, is Ohio State sucks so much oxygen out of the room And then Michigan over here sucking up whatever is left. And then Penn State over there sucking whatever is left of that. And then you got USC, UCLA coming. They're like, bro, there ain't going to be no air for nobody else to breathe when it comes to a recruiting standpoint. So, you know, we get to get into your schedule right now, Michigan State. But, like, man, I hope y'all can kill it in that portal. Because, like, I don't want y'all to be down right? I'm not the typical Michigan fan where I just hate on Michigan State. I like Michigan State. I like that game. I like watching little brother try to come and give it to us. Little brother gave it to us for a little while. I can I can identify with that. I am the little brother. I know how you feel, Michigan State. I'm not judging you, baby, right? I'm not judging you at all. I'm on your side. I didn't go to your school. I'm not on your team and I'm not rooting for your team, but I am on your side and I understand right? I, I, You know, we, we'll let the tunnel slide. Jaden McBurrows is going to definitely uh, return some favors out on the field when we play y'all in the fall. But, uh, you know, as far as now, I, I would say that like you got Florida Atlantic at home. Shout out to FAU if they win that game, by the way, because that's going to be some embarrassment for y'all. Uh, you got the Raising Cajuns you got Boston College. Oh, I like that one, but you go on the road to play Boston College. Still a very wonderful game. BC is trash. Shout out to my boy, Sean. Sorry. Maryland. At Maryland. That's probably... Is Talia still there? How much eligibility is Talia going to have? Is he still going to be there in 2024? I feel like Talia was at Alabama. Tua was there. This fool's still out there slinging the rock in college. Uh, so Talia... If Talia is there, I'm gonna say an L. If Talia is gone, I'm gonna say maybe you got it. Um and then you gotta go at Michigan. Ooh, y'all got Michigan on the road in twenty twenty-four. And you gotta play Ohio State still, even though you didn't protect her. Man, that's a tough one for y'all in 2024. Indiana, Purdue, Illinois—that might be a loss, even though you got them. And you got Penn State, so you got a classic Big Ten E schedule in 2024. It looks like you avoid USC and UCLA though, which means that you play them both in 2025. So good luck with that. But you know, that's all right though. Maybe you don't also get the Buckeyes. That that probably would shake out in your favor. But you're you're just basically in all the Big Ten teams. They didn't marquee you at all. Um, so, you know, they think you're going to be dog shit, and you probably are. So it's not that big of a deal. Moving on from Michigan State. Remember, I'm still on your side, even though I called you dog shit. So, you know, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I like the Spartans. I just feel like sometimes, you know what? I don't know about that $100 million deal from Mel Tucker, man. That's a lot of bread to give a coach, man. That's a lot of bread to give a coach. Like, what coach so far has maybe Brian Kelly... Right. Where you've paid the hundred mil and you're like a year to three in and you're like, that's so bad, Right. Brian Kelly gave you an Alabama win in SEC West division championship and got stomped by Georgia in the title game. But I mean, you're one. That's not too bad. Right. He's recruiting. He's got like a top five, top six recruiting class. So, I don't know. I think by and large Brian Kelly's doing a good job. I think you you got to you got to give Brian Kelly some love in my opinion. I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I feel like Brian Kelly's probably doing all right. And then we got, let's see. Ooh, Nebraska. Let's look at those Cornhuskers. Matt Rule and them boys. 2020. We're not even looking at 2023 schedules. Right. That's a, that's what we do on the ledger. Right. On the ledger, we live in the future, baby. We ain't we ain't worried about what's coming up next. We're not worried about no no 2023 season. We're worried about the playoff expanding. That's what we talk about. Right. When the season starts, we'll talk about the season. Right. Other than that, we're gonna holler at this recruiting. We're gonna holler at the future because the extended playoff is gonna be good television. But bad for the sport. No Jordan here to hate on me today. But it will be great television. I've, I've never pushed back on that. All right. So what do we got, in Nebraska? You're gonna be able to do something in 2024. You got utap at home to start the season. Love a love a 8:31 kick. Always like that. Uh, so you start for maybe one of the first games of the whole year. Uh, nah, this might not be zero week though. um They got Colorado at home. Okay. Northern Iowa at home, so yeah, UTEP, Colorado, Northern Iowa, all at home. Then you got to play at Iowa, home against Indiana, home against Michigan State, home against Minnesota, home against Wisconsin. Damn, y'all never going on the road. At Northwestern, at Penn State, at Purdue, at UCLA. Um, so yeah, the schedule is obviously not in order. that that Penn State-UCLA, right, could be a problem. Maybe by 2024, Colorado's a problem. Iowa's always a problem. So, like, there's, like, four of Wisconsin, five games on that schedule if you're Nebraska. Like, if you're Nebraska and you're Matt Rule and you're like, hey, we're going to make the playoffs within my first 36 months here. Like, we will make the playoffs. We're not going to make the four. But in two years, between 2024 and 2025, like Nebraska's making the playoff. Like that's the internal promise that he's probably making to the staff, right? So how do we backwards plan a playoff berth from 2025? Like what do the steps look like for if we're appearing in the playoffs, like what has preceded in the two previous years? My my guess is like, um, you'll need like a top five class at some point right? Like, yeah, top 15 consistently. So like, I don't know that Nebraska is going to get a top five class. I might've overshot my azimuth there. Let's say a top 12. And if you could get to a top 12, then like that would probably work. Um, And then I would also say, you probably also need to figure out the situation at quarterback you didn't get rayola which is like we already went over that so i'm not going to rehash it on the pod but that's just a total bummer like that's the dude you're supposed to get that reignites the program puts nebraska back on the map and goes on to the nfl like a g um but you know it's all good He's gonna go to georgia instead and then probably transfer to nebraska in two years so you'll probably still wind up with them so it'll be all good baby um Hmm. Yeah, man. When I'm looking at Iowa, I'm looking at Wisconsin, and then you have Purdue and UCLA, and you figure year two, Dante Moore, more mature, five star recruit. He gonna he gonna he gonna be ready for that action. So, like, good luck. <laughs> Speaking of the Bruins, let's let's smoke the one of the farthest west members of conference and see what's oh ucla dog i just pulled their 2024 schedule up and we gonna have to holler at it after the break it's so brutal next all right uh i'm looking at i'm looking at ucla 2024 schedule, dog. Oh my god, man. They gonna get some frequent flyer miles. You ready for it? Let's go. 831, August 31st, 2024, on the road at Hawaii. Ah! Oh, I mean that's a dub, but still it's like, man, you couldn't get that. You can you had to get a home at home? Y'all couldn't cut a check. You're like, you see, ain't got no money. They're like, nah, we can't cut that check, dog. We need we got to do that home at home, baby. We we go have to make that trip out. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious, dog. And then they after that, they take a week off, which they will need, and then they start. Again on 914, they're home against Fresno State. And then they go on the road and they fly to Louisiana and they play LSU. Dog, they are putting the miles in. Then they go on the road again and they play Indiana. And then they go on the road again and they play Iowa. And then they go on the road again and they play Michigan. Oh my God. And then they go on the road again. This obviously isn't in back-to-back weeks because, you know, they just kind of put the games in whatever order when it's 2024. This still got to get scheduled out. But they go on the road again and they play Rutgers. And then their home games are Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ohio State, and USC. Damn, bro. They did you dirty, dog. They made you fly. You're going to travel from Hawaii to New York, bro. You're flying from From Honolulu to Newark, like that's the mileage you're covering in 20. That team is going to be exhausted by the end of the season. I hope they like each other, man. And I also hope you get Ohio State early, right? Because if like this is like week nine or 10 when you get Ohio State and you're all tired and weathered down and y'all all jet lagged from all the travel and worn down by the season. Plus, they going to come out there and put it on, y'all. Play a player. Come out to play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you lucky. Bobby Harrison Jr. Going to be gone, bro. Because you don't even want him back in that Rose Bowl ever again. Because the last time he was there, he, he lit that mofo on fire. So, I mean, at least you get Northwestern. That's all. I mean, you got to do like. You got to be hype about that Northwestern. That's like a very get-a-dub game. I mean, even Rutgers is a get-a-dub game. I I foresee UCLA, we talked about this before, sitting in like that Maryland kind of territory of where they've been in the Big Ten. So like, again, not, not, not seller, um, not elite, like middling, right? So that I kind of see like the UCLA nebraska minnesota purdue michigan state illinois I, i'm gonna say illinois is at the top of the Middling category i'm gonna put them at like struggle struggle tier right where they're like struggling to get up to that like elite tier with like the michigans and the ohio states and the uscs um I think Wisconsin's also on that struggle tier. I think historically, I would have put Wisconsin up on that same Big Ten Elite tier too, um, just because they've been so consistently good for so long. But I think the past few years at Wisconsin has definitely looked out around, can it be done? And I and I believe that like Luke Fickle has it cranked and will be the right hire, but we just need to see it. Like We need to see them win on Sundays, on Saturdays. And if we see them win on Saturdays, and get them dubs then like we'll be good to go right like we'll i will be fully bought in by week seven if wisconsin is six and one i might even be bought in if they're five and two just depending on what that five and two looks like right if it's too close losses right on um you know fourth quarter drives that's that's ending them i'll be a little frustrated because luke fickle's whole thing is supposed to be defense but at the same point like i know it takes a little bit of time to get your system implemented so you know it's possible all right let's go to the kings of the castle right? Like, you know, Michigan two-time defending big tick champs, but, you know, this is still Ohio State's conference. All right, what do you got for us, Buckeyes? You know that the TV executives are going to want to keep Ohio State as not having a ton of natural rivals, right? Obviously, the Michigan State game, uh, but outside of that, they want to keep Ohio State as flexible as possible. They definitely gave them Northwestern, which I thought was hilarious. Um, And obviously, that's just to kind of bolster Northwestern, right? Because like Northwestern is going to have to be on TV at some point. And so you might as well just make it this rivalry game. And then at least you have something. Um, So Southern Miss start the season. Western Michigan, Marshall. I kind of like that Marshall game, to be honest with you. Marshall ain't scared, bro. They're going to come in ready to play. Michigan State beating up on Mel Tucker and them boys. Minnesota, Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Northwestern, Rutgers, Penn State, UCLA. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's basically probably like pretty average. I, I think the schedule probably works out best for Ohio State um, because they don't have to like it's It's definitely not a gauntlet going through Michigan state penn state and and Michigan, but it is annoying, right because like they're all three of them are gonna 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 give you games most years, right like Michigan's probably the team that's given the least pushback with the exception of the last two years to Ohio State, right like historically Michigan state you know they lose they tend to fight them. Right and same thing with Penn State. Even though they lose, they tend to Penn State tends to consistently play Ohio State the best of any in the conference. Right, if you from the from the time Urban Meyer has arrived, right, and James Franklin has been there, I think it's probably safe to say that like Penn State's played them the toughest. Right, Iowa, right, also has played them tough. They've also put it on Iowa a fair amount of times too. So you know, like when it comes to the Buckeyes. It's really just always about their motivation, like how motivated are they to be excellent, to be great, to dominate, to be the elite franchise, the elite program. I call them a franchise because they basically are a professional team, but to be the elite program in the Midwest, the elite program in the West, really, right? Like that's their goal. Their goal is outside of Alabama and Georgia, West of the Mississippi, we want to be the most elite program there is. And I, I get that. Like, I, my pushback with Ohio State has always been, y'all are some soft motherfuckers, right? Sorry for cursing. Bleep it out, Dudley. But like, Ohio State is soft. Ohio State is soft. Capital T, right? Like, and I just don't know when that happened because Ohio State did not used to be soft, right? The Bosa brothers went to Ohio State, right? Like, what's going on over there? Right? Like, y'all don't like practice? We talking about practice. (laughs) What's good, Ryan Day? Ryan Day too busy looking over his shoulder at Brian Hartline trying to figure out is this the man that's going to be the head coach of Ohio State and do they want me out? Because I wasn't a player here. Uh, And yeah, they probably do want you out. And we're probably about, I'll call it a decade out. From volume three of the 10-year war between Mike Hart and Brian Hartline, that is going to be epic. So you heard it here first on the College Ledger pod, right? That's what's going to happen. The next coach at the University of Michigan Wolverines, as much as I love Sharon more and hope he gets the job, it will be Mike Hart. And Brian Hartline will be the coach of the Buckeyes. And we will see Mike Hart and Brian Hartline Really bring the ten year war back. Two people that actually played for the schools in like in their bones. Like obviously, Harbaugh played like hate Ohio State, and obviously in his bones, Harbaugh hates Ohio State. But you know, he's also like he's a guy. He's a football guy. Harbaugh likes football, right? So there's only so much level of hate in his in his heart he can have as a as a as a lover of football, right? Like. That's hardball. Hardball is just the human embodiment of the game that is football. All right, who do we got left? Should we pick on Minnesota since Jordan's not here? Should we, should we take a look at what Minnesota's trying to cook or not cook? Island, <laughs> North Carolina. Mm, okay, going to raise up. Rhode Island. Rhode Island got some dope helmets, by the way. Nevada. Interesting. That's a pretty decent knock on Drake may going to be gone. So who knows what state North Carolina is going to be in in 2024, right? Those might be three winnable games like North Carolina at home, Rhode Island at home, Nevada at home. And then they have Indiana. They go at Michigan. They got Iowa at home. uh, Northwestern at home. Ohio State at home. They go and play Nebraska on the road. You see LA on the road, Wisconsin on the road, and they have Rutgers at home. Bro, like 2024 is your year, Minnesota. Like I, I clicked on this to hate on you, and it's like, yeah, you got to play Ohio State and Michigan, but you don't got to play nobody else, right? Iowa, that's a winnable game. That's a rivalry game, right? I'm, I'm calling that a toss out, right? Kelly Agmanis like, should be like in his third year starting by that. Right. And so if Ethan Kaliak Manis, a.k.a. the Greek Rifle, shout out to my boy Stamatopoulos out there in the field. Right. Like. If you can get to like 10 and 2, the problem is you're probably not going to make the playoff if you're 10 and 2 and your losses are to Ohio State and Michigan. Right. Like, I mean, it's just like it's going to hurt you because like. How many spots is there really going to be available? And you don't play USC and UCLA, and you got to assume that at least one of those two schools is probably also going to be at the nine ten win threshold, right? Like, so is is there a spot for you? Like, you can you can feel pretty comfortable that the Big Ten and the SEC are going to consistently send three teams each into the twelve team field, but I I think that like only the pack, sorry, only the only the uh, the SEC is going to get that fourth. And if you're the Pac-12, if you're the Big 12, if you're the ACC, like, you're going to for sure get two teams most years, right? And so, like, that's 12 spots right there, right? Like, and, you know, we still got a group of five team that's probably going to sneak in there some years. I I think the era of the group of five is kind of ending, though, right? Because most of these group of five schools have now moved. All the ones that were, like, rabble-rousing and, like, you know— pushing against the ceiling of like, yo, we're crushing it, we're crushing it, we're crushing it, we should be in the playoff, we should be in the playoff, we should be in the playoff, those programs are all in power five conferences now, right? Like the the UCFs, the Cincinnati's, the Houston's, like, I mean, I guess Coastal Carolina went undefeated a couple of years ago, but like nobody was thinking that was like a playoff team, right? So, you know, even, even if you wanted to say like, oh, what about Tulane? Because they tapped usc in a bowl game okay that's fair right like maybe maybe willie fritz and the boys down in tulane they can cook and like sneak into the playoff but like name another squad like what's the other squad like james madison maybe right like it's it's who is it right app state maybe a troy every now and then right so it's like who's the program that's going to be the modern day version of ucf in cincinnati like what what group of five team that is going to punch above its weight class and be able to consistently demand a playoff spot if they make it in. You know who it might be? It's UTSA, right? Like, UTSA has dudes, like dudes, right? Like, they're able to recruit. They're in a strong footprint being in the Texas space. And so I could see UTSA maybe being that, like, group of five program that's able to like occasionally make the playoff and and knock off a team even every now and then especially if they get a good matchup get like a Texas Am or something like that in the first round of the playoff and maybe they're even at home right they get that as a home game because it's just like the way the the committee shakes the rankings out so I'm I'm willing to believe that like there is still a spot for a group of five teams to make it into the playoff but consistently it's going to be most of these power five programs right so if you're a middling power five program, This is your day. Like your mediocrity has finally paid off. And now if you can just keep your kids out of the portal, mature them, develop them and get a senior class that's all kind of been together, gel together and mold together, you can make a playoff run. Right. You can be San Diego State of basketball this year. Right. Where you're like a a older, mature team playing against what might be more younger elite NBA talent. But like y'all some grown ass man dominating in the hoop it up. So that's that's kind of the Minnesota, Iowa, Indiana, Northwestern, Rutgers, Nebraska class, right? Purdue, right? Maybe UCLA. I, I feel like UCLA has the ability, like, they've gotten the number one player a few times. So, like, you know, UCLA, Wisconsin should be in that struggle tier where, it, like, hey, you're grinding to get back to, like, I, with UCLA's okay, it's not that, but you're grinding to get to like an elite tier in the conference. Like one thing, I will say, we'll 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 finish up here with USC, right? Because I'm I'm interested to see like of all the programs that are moving into new conferences, I think USC is by far the most interesting outside of Texas. Uh, moving into the SEC, I think USC is interesting. Because it has such fertile recruiting ground, but it's now moving into a cold weather conference, right and it in like the big t- the big ten didn't bring two more teams over in Oregon and Washington to like create like a little pod out west where it's like, oh, these can be our natural protected games, and we always play Oregon and we always play Washington, and we always play u c l a and then it's like, who else are we gonna play?" from your side right so like that would have been a natural all three of them all play each other and those are their three protected rivalries are each other and then they just play whoever else along the way and like they don't have any new big 10 dedicated protected rivals it's sort of like big 10 west annex right like um where you have you could have had oregon you could have had washington you could have had usc and ucla hell i would have went and got stanford and berkeley too and then now we're just good to go right you basically just add like Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and like maybe Minnesota, right? Like if need be, and there you go, right? And then there's your division, and then you push everybody else over to the other side, right? Like that could have been a natural move too. That's probably a lot of teams to split the pie up, but you know. All right, what do we got? Show me show me what you got, USC. Like I, if I was USC, my main concern would be, can I... Like, can I get to the playoff before Lincoln Riley tries to move on again to the NFL? Right? Because either he gets to the playoff and wins a title and goes to the league, or he keeps sending these first round picks to the draft. And I'm, yo, Cliff Kingsbury was a head coach and he didn't do nothing. So, like, Lincoln Riley's actually done a lot, right? In terms of his. College credentials, so it's only a matter of time until they're like, "Hey, you want to come work with Kyler Murray, or you want to come coach Caleb Williams in the pros?" And so, like, you know, it's coming, dog. You know, it's coming. Like, you don't need me to tell you this. Like, everybody can see the writing on the wall. My man just got up and left Oklahoma, one of the most elite programs of college football history, to go to USC, which also was an elite program. But like, is it really that much of a difference? Like, maybe it is, just because like life is so much better in USC, and with with you being able to also have the money of USC moving. To the Big Ten, too. Like, okay, here's what time it is. Like, we're moving to a new conference and we got bread. So, like, this is a pretty good job. We need to get a private jet. I'm good to go. I'm loving life. I'm living in LA. I'm basically a moving star. So, like, okay, that's fair. I get it. Like, your quality of life is pretty good, but like, would you have the same quality of life? Like, Sean McVay retires and you get to be the head coach of the Rams. You get to be the head coach of the Chargers. Like, those are two teams with young quarterbacks. Well, I guess not in the Rams case, but they will have one because Stafford's old as shit. So, like, at some point, there'll be a young quarterback there. So, it's like those are two teams that, like, basically, you're the quarterback guy. So, like, in the NFL, is such a quarterback league, but, like, you just imagine it's a matter of time before he gets an opportunity, right? So, how many years is he really going to be there? And it, if he's gone, do you just fall back to where you were before? Right. That's the concern, as always. Same thing with all these programs. Right. The exception maybe Alabama and Georgia. Like. If you just don't have that plethora of talent in state around you, and obviously there's tons of talent in California, but you're not going to get those 300 pound hog mollies out in Cali. You got to be able to go get them dudes somewhere else. That's why you all had to grab Bear Alexander out of the portal if you're USC. Right. So as we get ready to take a look at USC schedule. The concern, in my opinion, is always can there has to be a sense of urgency in the program? Can we win this championship now? Because if we're waiting. four, five, six years, maybe it doesn't come like if you don't win this title with Caleb. I don't know that Malachi Nelson is bringing you that dub. Like maybe. But like that's an uncertainty, right? Like, you know, Caleb's a baller and you know that it's lined up for you right now. Right. Like you don't have to go to Michigan. You don't have to go to Ohio State. You got to go to like Oregon and shit. So I think it's. It's very much a possibility without having to play a style of football that you may not have the, the like roster for yet. Like we don't have the roster for somebody to run it at us forty times a game, like Michigan is gonna do, and like, Penn State can do and will do when they with Catron Allen and Nicholas Singleton, who will be juniors, draft eligible, and chomping at the bit to eat both these programs a lot. So if you're USC, and it, it's just not a pretty 2020. You start neutral site in Las Vegas against LSU. That's a dope game. Might want to go to that. And then you play San Jose State. Also not a rollover, right? The Spartans are not a rollover. Then you play Notre Dame. Ooh, Your non-con isn't a joke. But you play Notre Dame the 30th of November, right? So it's not like you're playing Notre Dame right after LSU. We have Maryland, Northwestern, Penn State, Purdue, UCLA. Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, and Wisconsin. That is a sketchy. Um, You're at home against Michigan and Wisconsin and Iowa, which is nice. And you're on the road against Illinois, which doesn't matter as much. You should be able to get that dub. Uh, but maybe not. You know, Illinois might be ready for a fight by then. And I foresee a loss at Beaver Stadium. I also foresee a whiteout, right, when USC Comes to Beaver Stadium, I foresee a late September, mid October whiteout night game, and state by seventeen. Yeah, that feels about right. Penn State by about seventeen. True, uh, either a true freshman. Actually, no, Mal- Malachi will be a sophomore, but like first time starting quarterback, um, redshirt freshman, whatever he'll be. And yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be ugly. Um, I mean, you guys are going to score points. You already know that. But, like, I I just – that's a tough win. You talk about a scheduled loss, that's for sure going to – like, if they save their wideout game for anything, they're definitely saving their wideout game for USC's first trip out. Um, and, yeah, and, and because you're a West Coast team, they're naturally going to schedule that game a little bit later in the day. Because they want to make sure your body clocks are probably right, right? And so, you know, they also have Ohio State on the schedule, and Ohio State also travels to play Penn State at Beaver Stadium too. So, if you're lucky, Ohio State takes the bullet for you, and it's that whiteout game, and y'all escape it. Um, but I wouldn't count on it. I, w- I would, I would count on them saving the whiteout game for you because you're the new. You're the new boo in the conference. And because you're the new boo in the conference, you're going to be getting everybody's attention, love. Everybody's attention. You're going to be the... the. I wouldn't say that like a target on your back, but I do think everyone is going to want to show you how the Big Ten plays football for whatever that means, right? Maybe it's like, yeah, please show us how the Big Ten plays football so we can throw it over the top on you all all day and beat everybody, you know... 42-29. <laughs> so that might be possible. Maybe that's how Lincoln Riley's thinking about it. But, you know, the fact that, like, you know you're going to have to play Penn State in a most likely a night out game. You know Notre Dame's going to travel out and have a deep team. You know you're going to have LSU neutral site and they're going to have a deep team. And, like, LSU is for sure going to have a better roster than you by then, right? So you're only probably going to play one team all year that has a better roster right and that's lsu like penn state could probably say the rosters are comparable maybe penn state is arguably a better roster they do recruit very very well uh under james franklin um i do think you could say that it's a pretty comp roster with what michigan is bringing to the table especially in 2024 after the current uh seniors and graduates on the team have kind of matriculated either out of school or to the nfl Um, So I think that's a much more reasonable expectation in terms of, like, talent differentiation for USC. Like, UCLA is coming into... The situation talent deficient. I think USC is not. I think USC is coming into it thinking they have a chance to win it, but I just don't think they realize like what a behemoth that's. They've they've never had to like be in a conference with another monster. Like Oregon is an amazing program. I went to Oregon, you know I love my ducks. Um, but it just it ain't the buckeyes, right? King Kong lives in this conference, right? And like it's different when you have to play King Kong every decade as like a cute, you know non-con game that doesn't really matter. But when King Kong is in your conference and you can't even navigate to the conference championship without getting past King Kong, like, welcome to our lives. (laughs) Should we do Michigan? Does anybody care? Do we do Michigan? All right, we'll do Michigan. Last one, we'll finish up with the Michigan Wolverines in 2024. Their schedule, much like UCLA, is brutal with a lot of travel. Um, They start... Home against Fresno State. Fresno State playing that Big Ten schedule. Maybe I've seen them pop up on a lot of schedules on the pod so far tonight, haven't we? So Fresno State, and then they play Texas. We already know that's going to be a dope game. Probably Arch Manning's first start on the road at Texas. What a big game. And then you also have Arkansas State, Illinois, Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota, UCLA, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Rutgers, and USC. So the road games are USC, Rutgers, Wisconsin. Oh, sorry. The the road games are USC, Rutgers, Ohio State, Illinois, and that's it. So not too bad from a road standpoint, right? Like that Illinois one will be a little tough. Ohio State will be a little tough. Ohio State will be a scheduled loss. Ohio State will be a scheduled loss, and USC will be a battle. But other than that, it shouldn't be too bad. I think that, like, if you think about it from the standpoint of can Michigan, if you think about it from the standpoint of can Michigan win the national championship? Yeah, for sure. Will win Michigan win the national championship? Maybe. The most likely scenario is that if you had to put all of it on. What's the most likely scenario in 2024? I think your national champion is probably not coming from the Big 12 because with so much changes and matriculation and so many different things happening in the conference, it's really, really likely that it's just so much adjustment, so much change that for most of these programs, you're looking at two losses just from the travel. Like for Michigan, you're going to go all the way out and play USC and still somehow be ready for the Buckeyes. They just never had to handle anything like that. So that's going to be the struggle, in my opinion, right? I I would say that, like, for Michigan, their best chance to bring that natty home is this year. And as they move farther and farther away from the 2023 season, it's going to get more and more difficult as Luke Fickle and Matt Rule and who knows who else is coming into the conference, in addition to Chip Kelly and Lincoln Riley, who we've already talked about make the conference that much more difficult and make it much harder for the teams to survive, right? Ohio state, not sweating it. That's what we live with. That's life for us, but for everybody else, it gets to be a lot more different, but that's our pod for today. Appreciate it. We'll have Jordan back with us later this week. We're going to have one more pod coming out for y'all. We're going to top top 75 quarterbacks since the year 2000. We got some feelings about who was left off that list. But that's it, College Ledger. Hit us up, collegeledger at gmail.com. You can always reach out to us on the email. We love to hear everything y'all have to say. People keep telling us to get to Twitter, get to TikTok, get all that stuff stood up. We get a little bit more money for an intern or um, maybe we could get Dudley promoted and make it happen. But that's the best we can try to do. Holler at us. We love y'all. We love the support. We love the pod blowing up. So hit us up. Stay tuned, follow us, like, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re like, five star ratings. Don't be a hater. Shout out College Ledger Pod. Have a great one, y'all. Peace. This episode of the College Ledger Podcast is presented to you by Equals Human, a sustainable, eco friendly, women co founded fashion brand. You can find their products at equalshuman.com.